It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Hey, everyone. This is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. I mean, casual betting brothers getting their picks together for, for Thursday's show. Huh? You got one more pod before we unveil the casual betting brothers, okay? CBB in the house. Okay, we hey, shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook, shout out to FanDuel TV, and FanDuel Everything. That's how I say it in my house. I just say FanDuel Everything, you know, because they're the gang as well, Spotify and The Ringer. Um, what episode is this? Is it 289, right? 289. 289. Welcome in to episode 289 of the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff. Of course, we are brought to you by The Ringer. Spotify is the big, big gang. Of course, I got my guys with me. The production staff is fully assembled. The crew, okay, the content staff, the content guys, the casual betting brothers, the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, and my main man, Tony Gill, back in the saddle once again. Fellas, it is good to see you. Hopefully, these last couple of days have done you well. Uh, Tony, good to see you. You know, glad everything is all good on the home front and everybody's feeling decent. Looking forward to that album dropping. How many weeks are we out now? Uh, we got about a little more than a month left. So like, you know, five weeks. Ooh-wee. Yeah. The home stretch. No, oh, this is, this is, the- <laughs> you know, and, and in reality, it could happen at any time. Oh, you know, yeah. in the oh, next few knows. weeks too, you don't know. He knows. You don't no, he know. knows. He knows. Yeah, Tony. Tony got several bags packed, stashed all <laughs> over the house. Got to, got to, got to have one in the car. Got to have one at the, at the parents' crib. Got to have one everywhere. Never know when that album can drop. And of course, our guy Kyle Williams has been parading these streets, getting ready for the fourth quarter. You know, cleaning. I, I know. I know what this time is for. I keep having to ask. 23? 23, right? Twenty, twenty-three or twenty-four. Oh, yeah, cause a birthday, twenty four. Yeah, happy birthday, brother! 
turned 24 on Sunday. Happy birthday to our guy, Kyle Williams, the exceptional one, huh? Yeah. Happy birthday, Kyle. Closer and closer. Yeah. You know, now he's no more school to worry about. So all is now is bills and breaking women's hearts. That's all is on this man's mind. You know what I mean? And of course, you get into that 24 age, start looking down on 22 year olds. My man Kyle is starting to get that uh, attention from the from the 30s, the dirty 30s out here, just willing to scrape up a young man and get his credit right. You know what I mean? <laughs> get him a nice stable place to stay and all the other things that these sugar mamas want to do. Man, to be 24 again. Uh, Tony, what were you doing when you were 24? What was you, well, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Not much. I was, don't answer that. I was don't answer working that. overnight at the, at the score eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because that's all I could afford. There it is, huh? See, I would say same, but it's not. You know what I mean? I can feel you. It was actually at 24. I was, damn, I might have I might have been doing the same, except for the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, where, that's where the good looks of Kyle will come in. It will be some woman who will be able to, you know, get a couple crab legs on the table for my guy. You know what I mean? Somebody could whip up a nice spaghetti dish, you know? You can't go wrong with pasta. Get, you know, rice make the meal stretch the same way pasta do. I'm sure Kyle is aware of that. Chris, what were you doing at 24, my man? What were you? What were you into? Uh, just eating uh, top ramen every day. Mm. Um, mm. Just uh, trying to stay out of my own way. Really, I mean, 24. That was a, you know, I don't even know what I was doing 24. Like day to day, you know, you wake up in the morning, you don't know what you're gonna do. You know, look it's at like, the way those are the days. Negroes that this <laughs> exceptional man is surrounded by. By the way, we have all we did was say how much money we didn't make and the, the garbage that we were eating to stay alive. Look, look at what, look at how life has changed over the last decade and a half or so. Uh, Kyle's like, what? <laughs> what, yeah, what Kyle had a professional photographer Robin. for his birthday and everything. I saw the I saw the yeah. pics. Yes, he did. I, I saw, I yeah. saw the, the, the bumble I mean, tender get pics. Into it. Let's go, hey! Two new Ooh. jobs, new me. You freshened Let's up go. that profile. Holy. Oh, you freshened up the profile, huh? Uh, tell me what those streets are like, Kyle. Like, in, entertain us. You got three. No, nah, seriously, yeah, shit. This is this is this is the porn for me. <laughs> Forget all these websites. This is <laughs> hearing what a young man is is experiencing at, at the tender age of twenty four is. You know, th- this is what I'm here for. What are, what are these streets like these days, Kyle? Oh shit, he rubbing his chin, y'all. He's rubbing his chin. That's when you know he ain't he ain't been on no good. <laughs> hey. No, I've been I've been up to, I've been good this year a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, these streets, it's a lot of trial and error right now. You feel me? It's like you, you know, it's it's some hit or miss. Mm. And you know when the misses are immediate. Preach. LA Preach. Dunks had to bring those out, had to get get a nice little picture, you know, just to just for it to stay on my page and live. That let's get it. There you go. There you go. See, this is the Kyle that I want. Now, okay, this is this is the Kyle. This is the this is the dark night that we need in our lives. Okay, this is the man that we need in our lives more often. Of okay, Get, bring the villain out. All right, this man through this man said pivot when speaking of relationships. That is far too young to have that kind of knowledge. He's a dangerous man, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Fellas, you know, I guess this is in line with something that Kyle just mentioned, but I want to ask you guys this. Is the customer always right? First blush, when you hear that statement or you ask, you get, you get that question posed to you, 
What do you think? No. Customer always right. What? Get out of here. Okay. Tony. Okay. Just all right. No. Nope. Nope. Chris. Kyle. Everyone's saying no. Everyone's saying no. So everyone. First of all, everyone is um, not in line to work in customer service on this on this pod. Let's let's just keep it let's keep it a stack. We there are very exacting standards and men who can't live up to them all the time on this pod. Okay, so we we don't give a shit about what the customer wants. Apparently, on the, that that should be the slogan of this pod going forward. Uh, y'all was here for the baseball season, but the reason why I asked that, Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker, after Sunday's debacle, uh, was on 670 The Score here locally in the city of Chicago, and I want to say took umbrage at the booing that occurred midway through the second quarter of the Bears-Packers game, but said, hey, man, it's it's really early, and uh, all of a sudden, it seems like we ain't got y'all at our backs. The energy ain't right. And Jaquan Brisker, today, tomorrow, and until Sunday— will learn that there is no win ever. Even if it makes all the sense in the world, there is no win ever in an athlete saying that the customer isn't right. There's no win in it. You're not going to, you're not going to outplay it. You're not going to out argue it. I mean, you're going to find out that the beat reporters and the people who are covering you, uh, they would love to gain favor with that audience in the form of page clicks and views and all those other things. So guess what those headlines are going to look like when it comes to you, young man, you're just the, uh, you're just the product in this situation, unfortunately to, to many people. Right. And y'all know how I feel. I've always had a player's kind of, lean or tilt when it comes to my uh observations when it comes to my i I guess i just i believe as a fan and as an observer we are closer to the players than we are the owners but some way somehow the owners have pulled the greatest trick in the world with making you think that (laughs) you're more aligned with them because you want a super bowl from your favorite team or you want a championship from your favorite baseball or basketball team But when Jaquan Brisker goes into the fans and starts to talk about them, I think about John Garland. John Garland was a California cool White Sox pitcher. I I had himself a fine White Sox career. Maybe he didn't live up to the expectations that some may have had for him, but guess what? He was one of those complete games in the World Series winning, you know, White Sox. Well, when they went to the AL, it was the the ALCS, yeah, against against the Angels, four complete games, something that will never, ever be, done ever again and we're gonna speak on something that won't be done again uh with a chicago lean on it uh by by the end of this pod but i remember john garland having this issue a couple of different times where the booing bothered him as an athlete and he never ever stayed quiet about it which is what a lot of athletes do athletes go in the background they go in the locker room and they mf the fans and they talk crazy about the fans but they know that the PR people are going to get a hold of them, the ownership's going to get a hold of them, your coaches, your staff, everybody's going to get a hold of you and say, hey, man, that's this the game. There's nothing you could do about it. You cannot comment on this, even if you make sense. Because let's face it, if you're a 24-year-old, I don't know how old Jaquan Brisker is, but if you're 23, 24 years old, second year in the league, all you've done is win or been around winning your entire life as a football player, 
you know, from high school to Penn State to now this. And the last couple of years, you've done your fair amount of losing. Hell, Jaquan Brisker was a part of a team that earned the number one pick overall. Jaquan Brisker was a part of a team that got 14 L's attached to their name last year. Jaquan Brisker is also part of a foundation that going forward, Bears fans hope to root on because it's been years since the Bears felt like they had one safety, nevertheless, two safeties. Eddie Jackson had a terrific start to his career. And then some of the flaws and physicality and some of the issues that people had with Eddie Jackson started to arise after his injury. And now they're just hoping that he can consistently play the level of ball that we saw a lot last year before he got hurt. Jaquan Brisker, I mean, Mike Brown and Chris Harris was the last time that I thought the Bears had safeties that were not only capable, but playmaking safeties right you don't you don't just want dudes back there like ed reed is one of my favorite players of all time and i consider him the greatest safety of all time is because ed reed got his hands on the football (laughs) ed reed changed the way the game was played for the offense i'll never forget seeing the tom brady wristband that says anytime they were playing the ravens locate 20 every play now that's that's the utmost respect from Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Ed Reed was that guy. Not saying Jaquan Brisker is that guy, but guess what? Jaquan Brisker reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders. Right? He reminds me a lot of these, you know, Buda Baker. A lot of these, and, and he's bigger than those dudes, right? But these spark plug safeties that's going to throw their body in there and get the ball. Or these spark plug safeties are going to make a game-changing hit. Turn tide some way, somehow, because please believe when Jair Alexander runs Justin Fields out of bounds and, and what could be a, a close call in terms of a personal foul, he was sending a message. He was setting the tone. It's a defensive back who's ready to hit somebody, a defensive back that's going to back up his talk. Jaquan Brisker has the same kind of vibes at the safety spot to me, but you're part of the losing. And when you're part of the losing, the unfortunate part of it, you don't get to be a fully functional, fully formed human being, nevertheless athlete. You can't go and say, this is what hurt my feelings. This is what made us, you know, uh, have a little bit of an energy drain. Because you know, we all been at, we all been at work when, it, when a day wasn't going right. We all been at work when it was like, damn, I can't wait to get off so I can at least get some reprieve, some relief, and then come back and fix what I, you know, didn't get right the day before rectify my wrongs well in football you get one shot a week all that practicing all that training you get one shot a week and if you don't capitalize on that shot then guess what you get a whole six days to hear about how you sucked and you got to learn how to take it it's different hearing it in the game it's different hearing it week one it's different hearing it the second quarter of week one but you just got to take it it's part of the gig it's part of the gig And it's the reason why you can't say it as well. The reason why you can't say it is because everybody ain't putting the film out that you putting out. Those boos only attach themselves, I think, to the people that ain't doing their fucking jobs. And I think Jaquan Brisker did his job as well as he possibly could. It's a part of a losing effort. I'm going to say this. In my 20 years of being in front of a microphone, behind a microphone, around a microphone, in some broadcasting capacity, you know, I've gone back, I go back and watch games a second time, games of importance. I try to remove the emotion after the first viewing and just sit down, whether it's a win or loss, and go over what I did not catch. And I'm going to tell y'all now, y'all, it's documented. 
y'all know I don't fire people unless it's warranted. Y'all know I don't trade people or call people out for being soft or quitting unless it's warranted. Y'all know exactly where I'm about to go right now. Jaquan Brisker, the reason why the customer is always right is because motherfuckers sat there and watched number 10 for three hours on Sunday act like he didn't want to be there. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay for Thursday night football. Three legs same game parlay for Thursday night football. We got the Eagles, we got the Vikings, we got some damn good wide receivers, and some pretty good defenses in this situation as well after week one of the NFL season. I'm going with the Eagles on the money line. I'm going with Justin Jefferson as an anytime touchdown scorer because I do not believe in that Eagles secondary. I'm going with A.J. Brown as an anytime touchdown scorer because I think the Vikings defense leaves a little bit to be desired. And I'm going the under 48 and a half, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The Eagles to win, Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown to score touchdowns. And I'm going under 48 and a half. NFL same game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you at FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. I don't know if people realize these days what concerts what um the ebony cruise as we will you know go over with greg allman before you uh before, before you ask me so oh ebony cruise where do i sign up jay just you just wait till the greg allman interview cruises concerts hell going out to eat i don't know if y'all see what's coming down the pike i mean i don't want to i don't want to scare y'all <laughs> and kyle you know Start start seeing who got money now <laughs> because there is a recession that is getting ready to hit us. Going out is a luxury event. It's a luxury lifestyle these days. Dinners costing $150, $200. Everybody ain't got that. You know, I realize how blessed I am, not just how the hard work is paid off for me, but what I could do for the people around me that I love in my life. I also realize the value of my dollar, even though, you know, I've been known to trick a little bit and not do the best with it. But hey, I got great stories and you don't shut your mouth. Stop counting my money. But if I'm going to spend for me and my family to go out to Soldier Field in week one of a hot ticket, this is the new beginning for the Chicago Bears franchise. Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles at the helm, Justin Fields getting his feet wet the last couple of years, this being the year that he's supposed to ascend. All the resources that have been put into this team, around this team, threatening to move to Arlington Heights, all the things that are going on. And I still find it in my financial capability to spend. What are we talking? What are we I like? 
let's 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 go middling because I don't know how much Bears tickets cost. And if somebody could go ahead and look that up for me, but if I have a family of four, we're talking about a six hundred dollar day. We're talking about a six hundred dollar day. Let's say you get four hundred dollar tickets. And then you throw $50 or $40 in there for parking. We're already at $450. These little rascals got to eat something. So you get a hot dog, you get a drink. You might have snuck something in there, right? But at some point, you're going to need a beer or something. Just Hell, who's going to football games just to sit there and be stone sober? It's an easy $600 affair to watch Chase Claypool not block to watch Chase Claypool run some of the least enthusiastic routes that I've seen a Bears receiver run in a long time. The man now, his entire, his entire game has been spliced and cut up and put into highlight form for everyone to take a look. You know how they say that the eye in the sky don't lie? Well, guess who ain't lying on Chase Claypool? The eye in the sky. I'm going to tell y'all right now. And I have not said this and don't say this often about players, athletes, coaches, and I have covered them all. I have covered some dogs. I have covered some dudes who don't deserve to wear Chicago across their chest nor on their head. Not saying Chase Claypool is the worst of them. But in week one against the Packers, in what's supposed to be a new era of Bears football, that man put that performance out there for everyone to see, including the people who don't have the money that were there. It's a luxury event. Some people try to sneak in their Bears games before, you know, before October hits you, right? Before, before it get a little chilly out there. And I, y'all know who I'm talking to, <laughs> all my friends. I ain't going out there in October. All right, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> There's ways to keep warm. I'm sure you got yourself a nice down coat. <laughs> but still, I don't begrudge you that. There are people who are trying to get into the Bears thing very early in the season. And for everybody that did that and went to go see the Bears offense play at an optimal level, of course we didn't see that. The first seven drives were atrocious, absolutely horrendous. And these were the scripted plays, by the way. But when you key in, on who gave you this it's one thing to be bad i got no problem with you being bad right there are people who are just bad at their jobs you might be saying right now hey you jay you bad at your job that's fine check's gonna keep cashing you hater it's one thing to be bad at your job it's another thing to not even try and there were far too many plays where chase claypool seemed miffed at being asked to do his job i'm gonna tell y'all right now if that tape ain't grounds for him looking for a new job, then I don't know what precedent needs to be set. What precedent needs to be set going forward by the Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles combo? Or are we talking sunk cost here? Are we talking about the cost of acquiring Chase Claypool? You can just harken back to to whenever that pod came out. And I was like, hey, (laughs) y'all, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, that wide receiver position, they've kind of dealt with some assholes before. So I don't know if they just giving away people just because they, you know, things are a little terse in the locker room. No, 
George Pickens is out here balling. You, you go back and read what they said about George Pickens coming out of Georgia. Mike Tomlin will take you and mold you and keep you semi-stable enough so you could produce. They took a man who had a rookie quarterback to develop and be a part of the nurturing process and said, guess what? We can't do it with you. And we're going to find somebody to give us a high, high second round pick that turned into Joey Porter Jr., who I think is going to be a player. Like, these are the things, man. When we're talking culture and taking the North back and, you know, taking the North and never giving it back, all these cool slogans, all the tape, the tape, that's what's not lying. I don't give a damn how bad you're getting your ass whooped. Let me tell you something right now. If y'all wasn't watching that game close enough, hey, Roshan Johnson won himself a job in the second half of that football game. How much Khalil Herbert did you see? Deontay Foreman, all of a sudden, he caught a couple of swing passes, got himself you know, a couple short yardage runs, running hard, but you know, limited, limited. You know, he's he's not a special back. He was a, he's a decent back, you know, running the mill type of running back. And dude's gonna give you what you need in a pinch. Roshan Johnson played like a pro because he's a rookie, right? So he was going all out. He knows what's up. He, he reading the room. This man come from Texas. There's a certain standard, even though, you know, I guess we could say Texas back now, right? Because they beat Alabama at Alabama. We've been doing the whole Texas is back, Miami is back every every single year until they get dog walked in a big game. You're like, all right, all right, next year, we'll wait. But that Quinn of yours, he, you know, Quinn of yours, he, he, looks like a, he looks like a ball player. But Roshan Johnson damn near won himself a job in the second half because he kept playing. That game was out of that game was out of hand. By the, by, by the time they got up two scores, you already knew what time it was. You knew what time it was. You knew the game was over. Hell, Aaron Jones' touchdown was like, eh, this might be ball game territory here. And then you get the chance to see who really wants to play. And we're not talking week 14. We're not talking week 15. This is week one against your divisional rivals who you're gonna have to see at their place. They're doing this at your crib to start the season. And what happened to Darnell Mooney on one of those screenplays, I'm sorry. You got him blown up, and you didn't even help him up after you got him blown up. Y'all, I have seen enough. I have seen enough. And it ain't me just building a case, and it ain't confirmation bias. I am rooting for the— Who talked about him in training camp before he got hurt? Like, hey, Chase Claypool, huh? Hearing a lot of things about him in training camp. People like him again. He's having a great camp. He got hurt. He got hurt. Maybe he didn't get enough talk. Like, listen to me. If DJ Moore is still running routes after getting only two targets, guess who got to do it as well? Chase Claypool. This man led Kishan Nixon, who is 30 pounds lighter than him and four inches shorter than him, bowl through him to get to Darnell Mooney, who was already coming off an injury and probably got hurt at the end of the game because there was another blown blocking assignment. And I'm sure the blocking assignment is happy. But there's another blown blocking assignment on a screen pass. Because guess what? Lou Getze, and this is the other thing too, y'all. I was busy on the second watch of that football game trying to figure out who Lou Getze doesn't trust. One of three people. It's either himself, because this can't be what you came up with. This can't be. <laughs> this can't be what you, for, for three months, was like, oh, huh, I'm going to kill him with this one. What? 
the the, the short yardage cold commit uh uh you know motioning under center play it's like when the kids back in the day well kids me back in the day and by probably four years ago first day of school what you lay that outfit out put the shoes at the bottom i'm gonna kill they ass in the morning what you just sitting there looking at it like, oh, don't don't let don't put the pillow don't don't put the hat at the top of the pillow too, just to just to make the entire outfit icy right there on the bed. He for thought he's gonna get all the girls with that I, game plan. Oh my God, Luke Getsu is like, hey, 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 ma, you know who you're talking to right now? No, honey, a goddamn winner, and hang up the phone. You know what I mean? After looking at that game plan, so either he doesn't trust himself. Or he doesn't trust Justin Fields, or he doesn't trust this offensive line. The combination of all three. And guess what? How can you? How can I was sitting there watching the game, thinking to myself about all the things that we've said about Justin Fields that I've said, that I've read. You know, you're gonna get the same stuff. You're gonna get the same stuff seemingly for the rest of this year from the people who don't believe in him and the people who believe in him too much, and the people who are like myself, who are like, hey, guess what? We don't have to do any more of the believing, y'all. This is it. <laughs> this is the year. Whether y'all like it or not, whether he is put in the best positions to, to succeed or whether he is regressing, this is it. All your beliefs don't matter anymore. And then I also thought to myself, what are we always asking of young quarterbacks to go through your progressions, right? Whether it be from left to right, right to left, you know, high to low, whatever the case may be. Then I started thinking to myself, isn't that learned and an acquired skill too? At what point during Justin Fields' career has he been allowed to consistently go through progressions? Like, these are the things. Like, we think of dudes as just Madden players and they just come out of a box ready to roll. If I have the greatest players in the world with the greatest tacticians in the world as their coaches and my time, is sped up and I already got a, a slower uh, processing mechanism because I want to make big plays and I want to hold on to the ball a long time. Well then isn't it a learned behavior? When's the behavior going to start to be learned? It didn't get learned in the preseason. Didn't play. <laughs> and you didn't play behind the offensive line that you thought you were going to play behind. I say all that to say this. Maybe I should have seen, because I'm not going to put this on anybody else. Maybe I should have seen week one coming. But I didn't see it coming in that way. I didn't see it coming in a way where you, you felt like you had a neutered offense. You felt like you had a remedial game plan. A, 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 an offensive line that hasn't played together and is already banged up. And then to top it off, you don't force feed the ball to the crowning jewel of a trade that involved the number one pick in the draft. I don't care how y'all look at this, how you look at it. Bryce Young and Justin Fields will forever be linked because of the trade that the Carolina Panthers made to acquire that pick. The Bears get back DJ Moore. All we see all preseason long is a bunch of bubble screens and how awesome this is going to be. And then we get into week one and he gets the ball thrown to him twice. T. Higgins, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, got the ball thrown to him eight times in that awful Bengals game. Not one catch. Not one catch. He went 0 for 8. After the fourth one, you might think to yourself, oh, maybe it's not his night. Nope, four more coming for you. 
You know why? Because you have to get the ball for us to win. Jamar Chase has to get the ball for us to win. The Chicago Bears, after the first two targets to DJ Moore in a quarter and a half, said, guess what, y'all? We don't need DJ Moore to win. We could just sling this thing around. Chase Claypool ain't running strong routes. He ain't blocking for nobody. These bullshit bubble screens getting blown up. Darnell Mooney is out here looking like a crash test dummy. And oh, by the way, the blue chipper, Cole Komet, who's roaming the middle of the field. Eh, we don't have enough time to really get him the football. The check down say, hey, Justin, that first read ain't open. Get your ass up out that pocket. But we're trying to coach that out of him, too. That game, it was more maddening the second watch through. It was more, it was confounding because that Packers team was there for the taking. I don't care how uh, this Jordan love thing, y'all can have it. Like it is, it is, he played seven on seven football and still had the accuracy issues in certain areas that, that, you know, it leaves me to want to see more before I start just stamping Jordan love as the next great green Bay Packers quarterback. They had eight first-rounders on defense that kicked your ass all game long. That's what happened. And Luke Getze, for whatever reason, Luke Getze's game plan, if that was it, especially those first six, seven drives, because those are the scripted plays. Those are the plays where you're like, hey, this is what, hey, laid, laid my outfit out on the bed, <laughs> hat at the top, shoes at the bottom. I'm going to kill they ass tomorrow morning. And what happened? What happened? Who played well for the Chicago Bears? So, yeah, Jaquan, the booze might not be aimed at you, but you can't say shit about them, dog, because all you have to do is cut on that tape. And that tape will be, and it has been cut on from what I've heard. <laughs> this ain't the throw the film away week. <laughs> that tape has been cut on. And I'm sure you've seen over and over again why they were booing. You don't want the energy taken out of you? Play better. People out here putting five, six, seven hundred dollars to the side, whether they got it or not, to come see the Chicago Bears play the Green Bay Packers. And that's the effort you give. Week one? <laughs> week one. Oh, week one? From week the start? one against a division opponent. And against uh, at the crib. Now when you go to Green Bay, they're like, oh yeah, these the these the bitches that we saw. Oh, yeah, yeah come sweet. on. Come on in. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, yeah. Let's get the hookah out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's where the booing is from, Jaquan. I, and I understand. It sucks. I would hate to be on this pod. Um, I hear the booze in my headphones. It's just, you know, y'all don't hear them. But I would hate to be on this pod one segment in and know it's a shaky segment and all of a sudden just hear boo. But guess what? Guess what? <laughs> the consumer. It's about the consumer in this moment. It damn sure ain't what about what's happening on the field. <laughs> you know? The defense can't say anything to anybody. The defense was atrocious too. I, I found out by the stats that TJ Edwards had 14 tackles. <laughs> so all I saw was <laughs> a bunch of pile jumping. You know, Yannick Ngakwe, that sack looks pretty on the, on the, on the box score, but it's a tackle in stunt where Jordan Love just didn't, it is his best Justin Fields, just didn't get rid of the ball. Like, <laughs> come on, man, to tell the fans they can't boo that effort, if there's any effort to make a boo, it's that one.
There's that one. And if you're looking for somebody to, to say, man, I, why is this happening to us? Hey, it's up in the box. <laughs> it's down on the field. It's wearing number 10. It's wearing blue and orange all around you. You cannot on this one tell the fans that they can't boo. And I'm not even a boo kind of dude. I don't go to games to boo. I have never stood up or sat in my seat and booed anything at any sporting event that I've ever been in. You know why? I don't need to be a part of it that much. I, I really don't. Y'all already got me. I can't, y'all got my money. There's no reason for me to have a bad time here booing you. I'm not taking out my frustrations on anything. Hell, if the game is bad enough, I've already left by the third quarter. Do you feel me? I'm getting to jump on traffic, get back to the crib where it's safe and some level of competency can be insured. Right? So, yeah. Y'all can boo your hearts out. Keep going to these games and keep booing if you want to. The Bears going to hear all of it. They're going to talk about all of it. There's only one way to change any of this. And that's the other thing, too. I'm not sitting here rooting against Chase Claypool. I just know what I know. And I just see what I see. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is not the kind of effort that you want young receivers, old receivers, any kind of receiver to be exhibiting. Different team, different circumstance. Chase Claypool. Because didn't this happen a couple of years ago? I forget the uh, the wide receiver who kept getting the personal fouls and kept dropping the football that we was talking about when this pod first popped off. And next thing you know, midway through the season, bye-bye. Catch you later. Is it because of the value? Is it because of the second round pick that you shouldn't have spent on them? That you still is still ringing in your head? Uh, we can't get rid of them. We just we just gave away pretty much a late first rounder. Well, you know I don't believe in sunk. I don't believe in that that um that sunk cost fallacy. I don't. I don't. I think things can continue to hurt you after you've paid top dollar for them. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. And especially like if you if you scouted it and you was like, oh, this is the guy that we need in this locker room. What was the point on passing on Jalen Carter? If this is what you're bringing in, along with Nate Davis, who the dude from the coach of Tennessee hated from jump and told him he can't stay here. These are the type of dudes you're bringing in, but you're worried about Jalen Carter? They don't even got the talent to to, to make this feasible. Hey, I'd I'd love to have a talented asshole right now. Just a, just a dude who everyone hates and everyone is going to fear might, might ruin something. Yeah, come on through and get, get these 12 sacks. <laughs> Nobody can't say shit to you on this team. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. When it, Whoever puts you in a position to have a high draft pick, those are the people who have to shut the fuck up. Those are people that got to be quiet. No, like, like, I'm sorry. No, it's it's the it's the Patrick Williams thing to me all over again, where it's like, hey, Pat, do you understand that uh, nobody in this room can sell you nothing? <laughs> what they gonna tell you? I, I'm here because of y'all. Like that's how I would play it. But you know, I don't run football teams. Hell, I don't even run a fantasy football team. You know, I was thinking of running, thinking of buying Madden this week. I was like, nah, I don't want to run any football teams on there either. Seems like a hassle. I just like sitting back and commenting on things and watching games twice so I can have even more despair about the team that I was rooting for. Listen, the Buccaneers, that ain't no walk in the park either. What you think Todd Bowles going to do to that offensive line and Justin Fields? Todd, as mild-mannered as Todd Bowles is, he is the antithesis of that 
when it comes to a defensive style of football. He is turning up the heat on your ass. You better have all the man beaters. You better have all the side adjustments. You better have all the hot reads. You better be synced up. DJ, hey, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, you're gonna, we're going to find out what kind of chemistry, because, of course, there's going to be the overcorrection this week. DJ Moore is about to get 14 targets. <laughs> Luke Getsy is about to put the ball in DJ Moore's hands. We'll see if we can get a, a DJ Moore in motion quarterback sneak type of short yardage play out of DJ Moore this year, this week. That's what's about to happen here. There's going to be DJ Moore and Roshan Johnson and punting. You can say that, by the way, the punter. Shout out to Trent Gill. He had, he had himself a phenomenal game. Other than that, everybody deserved to be booed. It's okay. This show, hey, apologies apologies only feel like uh please excuse me for what i have done in this moment instead of the behavior will be changed no one needs to apologize for week one you got your ass spanked now we have recalibrated our expectations as bears fans it ain't no overreaction by the way because i love the whole well week one overreactions no 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 this is the the proper reaction to what happened in week one they damn near look like the the most listless football team outside of the Giants or whatever the fuck that was. Whatever that was, you know. My dad is all the way in Belize crying into his stout watching the Giants do what they did. Big-time Giants fan for a long time. When he first came to this country, he, he moved to New York first. Lawrence Taylor was like a god. Like, my dad is 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 a Giants fan through and through. So to see the ass whooping that the Dallas Cowboys put on them, like, what are we talking? Giants? Maybe Steelers? Like, in, in terms of the five worst performances in week one, Chicago Bears are right there. So why are you worrying about booing? Worry about what that eye in the sky is telling on you. Whether it be Luke Getze, Chase Claypool, or any other you dudes out there running around who gave that kind of effort. Hey, only one way you can change it. And that's by going out there to Tampa Bay on the road. I'm sure the humidity will be on furnace, okay? And beating Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So let's let's ditch the Ebony Cruise and talk about the NFC South. My man Greg Allman joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. Uh, Greg, this uh, this week two thing on the schedule when when Bears fans took a look at it, you know, Tampa Bay without Tom Brady, you know, the the, the spirit and the soul of the team has been gutted. Next thing you know, we're watching before the debacle that was Bears Packers Week One. We're watching and watching the Buccaneers march into Minnesota and beat the Vikings, who still, whether you know what they're going to be or not, they still got a lot of name recognition on both sides of the ball. Sure. That Vikings team, so. Was this a surprise to Tampa Bay residents, Tampa Bay fans, or is this what they thought they should see the first week? No, I mean, I think this, I had figured this was one of like their top five toughest games of the year to where you could be a really good Bucks team and still lose at a 13-win Vikings team in week one. So, no, if anything, I thought the Bucks schedule gets a lot easier as the year goes on. Like, they open up, they open up Vikings, Bears, Eagles, Saints. And I remember mm. thinking at one point, like, if things don't click early and they don't beat the Bears in week two, you're looking at going into a bye 0-4 if you're not careful. 
And again, it's one of those things, week one, you flip a switch and it, it goes from doom and gloom nationally to anything is possible. And you got the Rams winning big and the Browns holding the Bengals to six first downs. And it's it's small sample all the way, but it, it, all of a sudden, it's it's like the, the league shifts and it's Super Bowl. It could really happen. I'm thinking 12 wins maybe. And then like... I think they may be picking the top top five. You know, like right. I'm not sure what the wins are the rest of the way. Maybe pencil in two or three wins. That's it. All right, let's talk about some of the names on this squad. Let's start at the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield, huh? One of the one of the best sound bites of week one was him stiff arming Byron Murphy Jr. and telling him to get his weight up. Get twice, up. by the way. Get his yep. weight up. Which I mean, he wasn't wrong in that situation. It looked like Baker was a little stronger than the defensive back uh going out of bounds, but you look at his numbers, it wasn't, didn't seem like he was asked to do a whole bunch, but he didn't lose the game, had himself a decent quarterback rating, got the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, which was always a, you know, a godsend if you're out there playing quarterback. So how did he perform, and what are the expectations going forward? I, I thought Baker had an amazing turnaround. Um, three minutes left in the first half. Baker Mayfield is 3 of 11 for 12 yards. Has not completed a pass in the last four drives. Hasn't had a first down in the last four drives. Um, and they get a drive before halftime. He hits Mike Evans down seam for a touchdown. It's a tie game, even though the Vikings were out gaining the Bucks like 220 to 30 at one point. To where it's one of those where even though you're tied, it's almost like you, you have the momentum because the other side realizes it shouldn't be a ball game when it is. And then they came out second half, did the same thing. Big, long drive, touchdown. Um I thought Baker did a great job. The, the whole thing with Baker Mayfield has been, can he keep his interceptions in check? Um, mm-hmm. Since he's been in the league, more picks than anybody in the league since he's been there. Um, Bucks kind of had that with Jameis Winston a few years back. So the idea of a guy that's a playmaker and can get touchdowns but can't keep turnovers in check is kind of opening up old scars, if you will. So for him to go two touchdowns, no turnovers, and for the defense to come up with three, three turnovers like they did um, – that's really encouraging in that if you can win at Minnesota, you got a lot of easier games than that in the schedule. So, you know, they really have, have built up a lot of motivation off the national doubt and the criticism that had them 30th in power rankings. And Vegas has them with a six and a half win over under. Um, and they're feeding off that because this is a team that for the last three years has had sky high expectations right. where if you lose to the Rams in the second round of the playoffs, it's a disappointment. And it is for Tom Brady. It probably isn't for the Bucs as a franchise. So for them to be now trying to get to a third straight division title or a fourth straight playoff appearance, they'll take all the hate and scorn and doubt that anybody wants to give them and they'll build off it because they like that. They like being underdogs again. Let's stay on the offensive side of the football. I got a chance to meet Mike Evans when he was going into his draft year down in Atlanta. He, you know, they do the whole bring him by the station, jumps on a couple of shows, seemed like a real um, introspective to himself kind of cat. Don't know if any of that has changed over the course of however many Pro Bowls and the Hall of Fame type resume that he's trying to put together here at the latter stages of his career. I know he set a contract moratorium. You know, hey, we're not talking about this after week one if I don't get it done. And then I saw one of the coolest, well, uh, from an outsider's perspective, one of the coolest touchdown celebrations ever where it's like, here's the touchdown. I'm going back to the sidelines because I don't want to enjoy or celebrate any of this. What's what's the latest on Michael Evans? Yeah, it's, it's a weird deal <laughs> to have Mike Evans not celebrating a touchdown. And it was almost like, this reluctant like protest where he got, <laughs> got the touchdown, 
and just ran to the sidelines. And you can see these guys are like, Mike, like, you know, used to chest bump, fist bump something. Right. And once the, the second touchdown they had was a rookie kid named Trey Palmer. And it was old Mike again. As soon as he catches it, Mike is right there celebrating. But it's like he had this, like, if I score in this game, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm not going to. No happiness. Doing this. Which, because like I said, Mike Evans, again, the, the guy you met his rookie year, he's pretty much the same guy. Mike's a big kid, such a proud dad, absolutely beloved in this town, um, has been their man of the year before, um, like just awarded $170,000 in scholarships to 15 kids. Mm. Super good guy. Uh, loves Harry Potter, has a Harry Potter tattoo. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just a big kid. Um and he's in a tough spot in that yeah. he's had nine straight thousand yard seasons. He's absolutely got 81 touchdowns, 82 after yesterday. Okay. Where maybe two more years of that has a legit hall of fame resume. Okay. Um, a model of consistency. And the problem is, is he's 30 years old and the bucks have a limited amount of money to spend this spring. Mike Evans is a free agent. Antoine Winfield is a free agent. Devin White and Levante David are free agents. If Baker Mayfield ends up being a good quarterback this year, he will not be $4 million next year. So they have to make tough decisions on who they can keep and who they want to let go. Um, if you were just doing it on the person, you'd, you'd keep Mike Evans at any cost because that's who he is. But again, they have to be careful in that receivers on the other side of 30 they're going to drop off eventually and you don't want to pay them for who they were in their twenties. If you're getting production at 32 and 33 years old. Um, I hope that things work out for Mike where he can stay here. Cause he wants to be here. The bucks want him to be there. He, he will be the, the most, the highest earning buck in team history at the end of the season, like $110 million and deserves mm. every dollar he's gotten. Um, but I don't know. It's like, I think what they did with Levante David this past year, Levante David has been here longer than Mike. Again, an absolute leader, best character guy you'll find, but they let him hit the open market and find out what his demand was. And, and Levante had made 12 and a half million the year before. And he came back to the bucks for a four and a half million dollar contract. And it's tough because you hate to see somebody getting whatever, 40 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. um, but he wants to be here. That's the thing. So I think, you know, if you look at bucks history, there's, there's two different ways things go. And you have the Derek Brooks, and the Rondé Barber and the Leroy Selmans that play their entire career in one franchise and are so beloved here. And then you have guys that didn't get to go out on their own on their own choice. Warren Sapp finishes as a Raider, okay? Uh, right. John Lynch finishes with the Broncos. Um, and they made tough decisions about this age, 30-31, where they let guys go somewhere else. Um, and that's a tough decision. I think sometimes player evaluation, we always think about evaluation on the way up and the draft, but it's really tough to make that evaluation on the way down and to try and say, man, you've been an amazing player for us. We don't know if you will be a year from now. So that's the decision they have to make. Um, Mike Evans is, will, will be a very motivated player this season. Um, had six touchdowns last year. I think we'll blow that away. If, if Sunday's any indication um, and wherever he goes, if he's back here, they will be thrilled. If he goes somewhere else, they're getting just an amazing guy, super consistent, durable playmaker. 
you mentioned one name, well, two names that I wanted to get into with you on the defensive side. I've always been a fan of Levante David before he was, you know, he Levante David was kind of like the, my Mike Conley, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he, he he's your favorite garage band until everybody gets a hold of him and then he starts playing arenas and people start talking about him. Like, that's how I felt about Levante David early in his career. And a guy who seemed like he was playing arenas from the moment he was at LSU to Tampa Bay and Devin White, I thought was on the fast track as being one of the three or four best inside linebackers in the game. Like the way we talk about Roquan Smith, the way we talk about Fred Warner, some of these other Bobby Wagner in recent vintage, some of these other guys, I thought Devin White was going to be that guy. And then for whatever reason, it seemed like there were some bumps in the road over the last couple of years. Warren Sapp, just a guy that you mentioned, a buck legend, came out and was like, hey, you're not going to win if a dude like that is one of your leaders and all those things. Then you see week one, and I thought he played himself a phenomenal game. Like I thought he was all over the place what's the deal with Devin White and what can you um, week to week expect out of such a talented player who plays in space coverage wise and also can tackle the hell out of the football yeah again super motivated Devin White Um, doesn't like to be disrespected much (laughs) like Mike Evans had a year left on his deal I mean you get a fifth year option you're getting a nice race he's making like 11 million dollars he doesn't think he's 11 million dollar linebacker so I don't think he played his best football last year. If you go back to like his rookie year, you look at the Super Bowl year, um, that postseason run is nothing but Devin White making huge game-changing turnovers and plays to win games. Um, if he gets back to that, he, he can get a Roquan Smith contract. He could be a $100 million linebacker. Hmm. I don't think the Bucks were ready to do that, and that hurt Devin White. So this spring, he said he got a little selfish, asked for a trade, and, and wanted to go somewhere that would pay him now what he wants to get paid. Um, and again, what you saw Sunday was a guy all over the field. I, I don't, the thing with Devin is that he's always been so insanely fast. It's like a missile where it's easy to go past people and miss people. I, I don't know that he missed anybody Sunday. He, he mm. was knocking guys out. Uh, I mean, there's, there's eight or nine serious tackles there. Uh, you mentioned Levante David. There's a play near the goal line where these guys are going so hard. Vita Vea destroys Levante David. And that's a 340 pound guy going straight and, and Knocked Levante David on his back, got evaluated for a concussion. And if I'm going to get evaluated for a concussion, I don't want Vita Vea to be the guy that did it to me. <laughs> and Levante David came back out there and made plays. I mean, if you look at that last drive, he's making plays. Mm-hmm. I hope he's not concussed when he's doing it, but he came back there and toughed it out. So both those linebackers, uh, very different stages of their career, but in the last year contracts and eager to show they're worth more than they're getting paid this year. So Todd Bowles, we know him to uh, put the pressure on quarterbacks, especially young ones. This offensive line week one did not have the showing that Bears fans thought they should or would. And <clears throat> like I, I'm running around this moment thinking like, is Tevin Jenkins Lonzo Ball? Like, is he the key to this all? Is the reason why the Bears offensive line didn't really do what they were supposed to do because Tevin Jenkins wasn't out there? But Darnell Wright looked like a rookie. Braxton Jones had some issues. Uh, Lucas Patrick is a above replacement type of player at, at bare minimum. Uh, what do you expect Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers and Larry Foote to do with the, the, the pieces and some of the names that Bears fans might get used to on defense uh, this upcoming Sunday? Yeah, all kinds of blitzes from all over the field. You look, the second play of the game against Minnesota brought Antoine, Win- brought Antoine Winfield in on a blitz and, and hit Kirk Cousins hard and then brought him again later, got a sack fumble out of it. So, uh, Todd, I mean, I feel like so much of this season – for the Bucks is going to hinge on how well that Bulls defense 
can confuse and, and attack young quarterbacks because they have eight games this year against quarterbacks with five starts or less to their name. Uh, it's, it's two rookies. Uh, well, obviously you got Bryce Young with Carolina. They're going to face Anthony Richardson. They're going to face C.J. Stroud. They get Jordan Love. Uh, they get Desmond Ritter twice. Um, there's one else I'm missing, but it, it's a ton of Justin. young. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Justin is actually old by these standards. Justin's got like 26 stars now. He's he's like the, you know, the the, the Kirk Cousins of the group practically. Right. I think uh, so. Like I said, I think the goal is going to be to have so many different looks. You don't know where the pressure's coming from, but it's going to be coming all the time. Um, you know, we talk about Levante David and Devin White. Those are two really good blitzing linebackers. And, and they'll they'll line them both up in the A-gap, and they'll drop one, and they'll pull the other back, and you don't know which one's coming at you. Um, I feel like they do a really good job of getting sacks, and not just from their pass rushers, not just from Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon and Anthony Nelson, but interior guys. Again, Vita Vea we mentioned. Clyde Nancy's a rookie. Uh, he's got a little bit of calf issue. I don't know if he'll go Sunday, but uh, like I said, just pressure from a lot of different places. So um, whether that works Sunday or not, I mean, the reason they won – in Minnesota was very much, they got three turnovers in the first half and they did not turn the ball over. So their, you know, your recipe for success is to do the exact same thing at home against a team that's coming off an 18 point loss that gave up 38 points. Um, so they'll go in with confidence. I mean, this is one of those where you start losing a little bit of that us against the world thing where now you're favored at home. And now, you know, you're not dead last in the power rankings right. and they have to keep playing with that fire as if everybody thinks they're terrible even though they just went out there and beat a team that had 13 wins last year. Appreciate your time, man. Leave you with this. Tristan Wirfs, the dude is amazing on the right side, plays his first game on the left side. How'd it go? Seamless. I mean, honestly, look, looked like he'd been there like he never left. Um, I thought he, I mean, it, it's neat. And that Tristan is such a perfectionist that in, in camp and in preseason, he's talking about how much stress he had, had to go, you know, one to see a therapist to talk about, the anxiety of making this transition and everyone mm. around him is telling him, look, man, you're an amazing tackle. All you're doing is switching sides, you know, and, and he would, he would carry around. He had like a, a piece of fabric he would hold in his hand as like a reminder. I got to punch. I got to punch with this hand now and not this hand because you do everything one way for, for three years. It's hard to unlearn it. And he's played left tackle. He played it three, four games in college. He's done it before. Sunday was the first time he'd done in the NFL. And, and I think he showed out and, and played extremely well. Gabe Baker all kinds of time. Baker had one sack, really wasn't pressured that much. Um, offensive line was probably one of the biggest question marks on this team. And, and I think they played really well under the circumstances on Sunday. This man covers the NFC South for Fox Sports. His side gig is the captain of the Ebony Cruise that we are all going to invest in at some point. Greg Allman, thank you so much for joining us, brother. I appreciate you. Guys, thanks again. Have a good night. It's the full go, Uh, by the way, uh, if you have like 600, 650 bucks, I can get you some good ticks at Soldier Field for the Broncos game on the Ooh. first, you know, Ooh. Now, Russell Wilson versus Justin Fields, huh? For first one to 200 passing yards wins. Huh? I'm down. I'm down. I'm, I'm with it. Um, Kyler Gordon's injury. Like this is the other thing too. We're not getting good enough evaluations on high draft picks, right? Like now Kyler Gordon is going to be out six to eight weeks with a broken hand. 
You know, we're still in the evaluation mode when it comes to Justin Fields. We're still evaluating not only that defense, but the most important parts of that defense. Most important parts of that defense, three technique, weak side linebacker, and nickelback. Well, your three technique got his ass pushed around all game, whoever you want it to be, by the way. Whether it was just Zach Pickens, whether it was Justin Jones, whoever you want to throw in that three technique spot got pushed around all game. Nickelback-wise, Kyler Gordon, there's something there, right? He made plays on the ball last year. He's physical enough, but he's now out for six to eight weeks. Now you're going to have Josh Blackwell in that situation. Now you're going to have two young corners and a guy who's trying to get paid in Jalen Johnson. Like, this this is a recipe for um, some untoward happenings. And, hey, Matt Eberflus, hey, man. Last year, 14 games with this defense. You can no Robert Quinn for half of it, no Roquan Smith for half of it, all the excuses in the world, roster turnover, all these other hey, mm-mm, can't do that this year. Can't do that this year. Two deep zone, cover two defenses. You got to get home with four. If Baker Mayfield is allowed to sit back there and just play seven on seven football, I think he can be just as good as Jordan Love was last week. This is, I, I hate to say it, and I don't do the whole must win thing. This is a pivotal game, man, because you're definitely losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, how do you want to start this season? 0 and 3 or 1 and 2 with a chance to feel good about yourself and how you perform against the Chiefs? The Bucs ain't a walk in the park. They missing 12. Don't get it twisted. Tom Brady makes a difference, but <laughs> some of the names, hey, Chris Goblin, Michael Evans, right? Tristan Wirfs is still one of the best players in football. He was playing right tackle. They threw him over the left tackle side now, right? Levante David, one of my favorite dudes in the game. Devin White, I don't know if y'all watched that Vikings game. He was all over the place, and all you need to see is TJ Hawkinson's output after getting paid. Week one, you got one job. Slow down the running game without Dalvin Cook and slow down TJ Hawkinson, Devin White. And what he do? He did both. Buccaneers got some talent, man. Buccaneers on defense is going to come. They're going to bring the heat. It's going to be quite the test for the Bears. But no Kyler Gordon for the next six to eight weeks. All the other things that are mounting, the Luke Getze problem that I, I believe the Bears might have. Like, I, I don't know who's confident in Luke Getze's play calling going forward. I don't know how you can be. And if we're not, just imagine what that building feels like. They know what's about to be called. And they're running it to no avail. Man, the first seven drive here. Y'all want to y'all vomit here. The first seven drives of the Chicago Bears Green Bay Packers game consisted of this. Where is it? Let me, let me, here. Look at this foolishness here. First drive, turnover on downs. Second drive, two penalties in Green Bay territory, ending in a field goal. Third drive, seven yard sack from the Green Bay four yard line that ended in a field goal. Fourth drive, three and out with a holding penalty to boot. Fifth drive, five plays for 14 yards. Hey, at least you didn't three and out it on that one, right? Huh? Huh? Sixth drive, three plays, negative two yards. 
And then the seventh drive, three plays that ended in a fumble, turning over the football and giving it back to the Green Bay Packers. They got six points, two turnovers, and three punts in the first seven drives of NFL football in week one of the season against a divisional rival that you had 111 days to prepare for. Who in that building can say that they are confident in Lou Getze going forward? Truthfully. So, yeah. Bears got a coordination and organization problem. Bears got an offensive line issue still. Bears got injuries in their defense now in Kyler Gordon, who's a pivotal piece of that defense. They got guys quitting on the perimeter. They got a young running back who's going to get more time and Lord knows what's going to happen with the blitz schemes if Roshan Johnson is in there more because he just hasn't seen NFL reps like this. This thing could, this thing could crater. They're going to need a crazy Justin Fields game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to have to allow Justin Fields to run around and do all the things that he wants to do. The moving pocket happened, what, six times, by my estimation, in counting and watching the game the second time around? Whatever that Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens playbook that, that Luke Getzey stole off of Madden or Monday Night Football or both at the, at halfway through last year, it's going to have to be implemented this week. Bears need a win in a bad way. And I did not think I'd be saying that in week two of the season. Hey, do you think there's a difference between uh, the approach to Justin Fields between Matt Nagy and Eberflus? Because that's, that's catching a lot of heat. It don't I mean, look like it. No, they keep they keep yeah. putting them in these in these. Uh, I thought they had gotten over it. Like they were getting one thing they were getting praised for is they tried to do something with Justin Fields last year. Hey, this isn't working. Hey, what works best for you? And they did that, and we thought that they were going to build on that, and they just went back to what they were doing at the start of last year instead of building on what makes Justin Fields great and what makes him a great player and an impact player. So hopefully they can change it quicker than they did last year where they waited to week seven to make changes. Maybe they do it in week two, but I don't understand even at the halftime that you, hey, we tried to do this thing again. It's not working. Let's go back to what we feel or what Justin feels more comfortable doing. And they just never did it. They never did it throughout the game. They're trying to make him into this pocket passer. He's not a traditional pocket passer. He's probably never going to be a traditional pocket passer. Do what fits him best. Yeah, at this point, I'm, it's going to sound weird, but I'm done with the development. I got to find out what the floor is. Like, let him run the fuck around, man. Like, let him, let him do his thing. You know, treat him like thoroughbred he is. You know, you're trying to box him into this, this, this place of, what's going to win games? Like you can teach a lot better with success and results, right? You can teach somebody something like, all right, we won 24 to 20. You were running your ass around. You threw a pick. We got to get that out your game, but we won. It resonates differently than going through three hours of a bludgeoning and still not feeling like you were allowed to do or allowed to help the team in the way that you can. So, I and and I can't stress enough. This this thing's got 16 more weeks, man. Like, if I'm him, I'm like, hey, 
let me let me do what I do for the other teams that are watching this as well. Right? Because you know, you, now you've got the net. After one week, you already got the national people like, yeah, get Justin Fields out of there. And of course, they don't watch throw to throw to throw like every every play and know what he's not doing correctly it, uh, amidst all the confusion in terms of the game plan and guys not playing up to their expectations around him. It's just now get Justin out of there. Oh, shit. You're going to get Justin out of here and he's going to be spoiled. <laughs> like, people act like this dude is some kind just because he is just because he's reserved and uber confident don't mean he ain't getting his ass kicked like he he hurt the same way other quarterbacks hurt right this dude is getting his ass thrown around he's getting beat the fuck up (laughs) so you're gonna keep him in the pocket where most of the injuries actually happen in the nfl now you're going to keep him in the pocket and force him to go through progressions when he doesn't have the time to do it, or maybe he doesn't have a processing mechanism to do it fast enough. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Remember when everybody was talking about Luke Getze and Nathaniel Hackett as being head coaching material and coaching candidates? I, I think that shit was all fanfare. Of course, Nathaniel Hackett got hired by the Broncos, but, I mean, how close was Luke Getze truly? He had never been a play caller. This is his first chance to call plays. So so a, a few things were overstated coming into this equation. I think we're finding out that Luke Getze is a below average to at best average play caller. How many things got schemed open in the Bears game against the Packers where you're like, man, it's the quarterback. Like you can tell when, when, the, when the game plan just... The only thing that's missing is the quarterback. You could tell. You we've seen it before. We've seen teams where it's like, man, this this dude is cold. He just, you know, he can't. You want a trigger man? You got somebody that can get the ball there. The touchdown that they scored, Justin, because Olin Cruz, our guy Olin Cruz, guest of the show, friend of the show, he um he highlighted the fact that. Justin Fields changed it to seven, you know, seven nickel coverage or seven nickel protection by saying 77, 77 over and over and over again. That was a touchdown that you threw to Darnell Mooney. So if this kid is diagnosing things pre-snapped in that way and they are successful, well then shit, do more of that. Let him have more autonomy on the offense. Let me find, I just, you know, the problem that I'm having is I don't know where the baseline is. And it's the worst place to be for a fan. It's the worst place to be to have to question everything. Okay. All right. Done questioning the wide receivers. Okay. All right. I've questioned the offensive line. All right. I've questioned the play caller. All right. I've questioned the defense is not allowing you to play with the lead. I've que- you know what I mean? I've done, I, there's no baseline. Everybody's got an excuse. And when everybody's got an excuse, then the whole shit is shot. There's 16 weeks left in this Justin Fields experiment. Whether they go forward with it or not. Because you got to figure out if you're going to pay this dude soon. And the last thing that you want is come down to the end of the season and you're sitting there with a, you know, and, and it's going to sound crazy, but, you know, shit, you'd love for him to be Andy Dalton with the, the Bengals now, right? Where, where for the, all those years where Bengals were like, you know, Marvin Lewis got their ass to the playoffs seven straight years, got his ass bounced out seven straight years in the first round. You think for, for 16 regular season games they didn't have the talent? No. The limiting factor was the quarterback. 
The worst, worst case scenario is getting to the end of the season and not knowing what you have in Justin Fields and it looking okay in moments because well, he just decided to run around or he just decided to audible to another play. Or, you know, you don't have a baseline. This is not how football goes in other cities. As a kid, I used to sit and watch Bears football and joke to myself and joke to my father and joke to my friends. I'm going to watch the Bears game and then I'm going to watch NFL football afterwards. Because every time, and we used to get the NBC AFC games and, and Bob Trumpy and so and Dick Enberg would be on the call and I'd watch the Bengals and the Raiders get it on or I'd watch some uh, AFC West game and I'd be like, God damn, why does the team that I root for never look like this? Never feel like this? And especially on the offensive end. You show me the teams in the cities that still celebrating defense like that, and I'm going to show you a team or a city that's celebrating a championship from 20 years ago. Who are the teams are celebrating defense like, well, man, they're going to they gonna kick your ass on defense. Right? Legion of Boom a few years ago, right? Right? Ravens 20 years ago, right? The now Jets a couple times. The, the Jets. And then you know, and what was the limiting factor? The offense and the quarterback, right? Right. That's all you have. Give me the teams where I'm like, ah, man, we can't stop a motherfucking soul, but boy, we're going to put 30 on your ass. We're going we gonna to put some points on your head. Huh? Who, who were the defenders for the greatest show on turf? You don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Jones and Adam Archuleta and Kevin Carter and all them dudes. Shout out to all of them. You don't know. You know why? Because you know who Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce are. You know who those dudes are. When Justin Fields was drafted, <laughs> and then the new quarterback, uh, the new coaching change was made, I, on record, Matt Eberflus, I don't give a shit what you've done with the Indianapolis defense. <laughs> Get Brian Dayball in here. Let's let's do some things. Let's you know let put an put an offensive minded head coach Malifers, at the Malafleur is nine zero against the Bears in his You career. get yourself a play caller who is getting ready to be a head coach, a dude who nobody wants to let go of because of what he's doing for their game plan and for their organization. The Bears have been playing another sport for all of my life. The last Bears team that we celebrated, what we celebrate about them. His defense, Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, Adewale Agunle, Tommy Harris, Mike Brown, Chris Harris. Shout out to Thomas Jones, right? Well, we don't talk about Cedric Benson and, and Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman and Bernard Barian and Moosin Muhammad. Huh? Against their rivals. And then you wonder why we keep getting kicked in the fucking rocks every single season. It's a new league. It's a new time. We still doing this bear weather bullshit and all that other, you know, fucking deep dish pizza and all that goofy shit. I want to win. I want to watch a winner. I want to introduce my son to football in a different form and fashion. I'm sitting here watching the Green Bay Packers for 30 years have excellence at the quarterback position. Like, think of a position where a team has gone from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, just like that. Maybe the Orlando Magic with Shaq and Dwight Howard. I'm, I'm sure there was something in the middle there. But, you know, like, what are we talking about here? That shit happened in this division with your chief rival, 
and all we still doing is talking about bear weather and 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 slowing people down when it when you know when it gets cold out there it don't matter because when it's cold out there soldier field in late late in 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 january or late in december guess what the other team has a motherfucker that's ready to throw for 400 yards all through the snow on our ass the, the all you need to do is look at what the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers engaged in in week one. That's all you have to do. You got Derwin James, Khalil Mack. You got all kind Christian Wilkins. You got all kinds of players on both teams' defenses. All kinds of I'm talking all uh, Joey Bosa, the lesser of the Bosas, you know, still 100 and some odd, $70 million deep, right? Guess what happened? Tua Tonga Vailoa and Justin Herbert was like, fuck that. <laughs> we putting this shit up. And somebody's defense is going to feel bad about the 30 that they gave up. Tyreek Hill running past all pros like they standing still. You went out and acquired somebody. I'm not, not Tyreek Hill level. Tyreek Hill might be the best football player, <laughs> period. He might be the best player in football. Him and Aaron Donald might be one and two, whatever order you might want to throw it. Not saying he's not even a human, man. He's not even a human, though. You know what? I don't know. The man is a the man is running back in a sprinter's you know body with 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 hands. (laughs) What are we talking about here? Put the ball in his hand and get everybody get the fuck out the way. Meanwhile, you got Jalen Waddle sitting there as the complimentary piece who could be anybody's number one. You just mentioned Jalen Hurts. Devontae Smith might be the best or second best number two in the game. They went out and got A.J. Brown. And what was the what was the limiting factor of the Philadelphia Eagles all season long? It really didn't talk about it too much because of how many sacks they got. That defense. That defense in big moments kind of gave up the, the booty every once in a while. What happened in that Chiefs game? Defense was on the field last, couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes in, in the winning moment. So, yeah, it's cool to have defense, but can you put up points? And I'm tired of watching Bears football in this way where it's like, all right, I know what everybody else in the league is doing. It's an abomination. The Bengals were the only team that performed, I thought, in a worse manner offensively. The Steelers as well, right? And, of course, we just mentioned the Giants, but that, that something, something weird was happening there. That was that was all things fall down type of scenario. Like, I don't expect the Giants to play like that again. But the Steelers, who got a young quarterback, who you know will bounce back because they're the Steelers. <laughs> and then you, you, you're sitting here with the Bears situation where you're not forcing the football to the, to the best player on the team, arguably, in DJ Moore. Like, what are we talking about here? How many years am I going to have to watch the Bears try to figure it out on the offensive end while the rest of the NFL is running circles around people? The, 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 the rules are slated as such that you, we ask, we begging y'all to score. Hey, and by the way, I thought I, I mentioned something that will never happen again. Yo, do you know what happened in week one? The, a, a, a stat that will ensure a, a, a person's record that will never fall? ever ever fall in football a former chicago bear kick returns were at an all-time low in week one of this nfl season because of the new rules the new rules hey too many of y'all is cracking y'all heads on each other we got to get these concussions out the game 
moms is out here worried they're not sending their babies out to play pop warner football like they used to so they gotta they gotta make the game safer kick returns are at an all-time low 20 and a half percent of the kicks were, were returned in week one of the nfl season now of course special teams coaches are going to have to game it and try to figure out how to use that advantage and they're going to kick it in certain pockets right kick, try to kick it between the 10 and the five try to get you pinned deep into to you know your own territory balls coming out to the 25 if you you know if you just wave at it these days but 20.5 percent of the kicks were returned an all-time nfl low for week one Yo, if I'm Devin Hester, I'm sitting at the crib feeling good about life. <laughs> hey, kidding me? I, no one is going to touch the 20 touchdown returns that I have. In the games that I did it in, too, I was, I was, you know, I was sitting there looking, you know, hey, something make me happy about being a Bears fan, right? 156 games, this man had 20 touchdown returns. Of course, five on the kick return side, 14 on the on the punt return side. So, he did most of his damage on the punt return side. But when you take a look at it, Dante Hall, who was, if you don't remember what Dante Hall was, man, like there was a time there yeah, for five was, years. Yeah. It was video, it was, I believe they called him joystick, right? Like he was, he was for five years. Oh my yep. God. It was ridiculous to watch what Dante Hall was doing to people. Meanwhile, Josh Cribs was running through and around people. Like there was two Supreme kick returners in the AFC doing it at the same time. And then Dante wanted that money. And he's like, Hey Dante, go line up. He's like, Oh, <laughs> they, you got me there. <laughs> this whole running routes thing. This ain't really my bag, but Dante Hall did it in 112 games, right? Like he had a historic start to his career in terms of kick returning. But shout out to Eric Metcalf when I was a kid. He was that dude, right? You had, I mentioned Ed Reed. Ed Reed did it a few times in, in, in a pinch. Charles Woodson was the man at kick return touchdowns as well, right? And Devin Hester and Deion Sanders sit atop uh, NFL football history with 20 and 19 uh, returns for touchdowns. And let's face it, your man Deion did a lot of that off the interception. We talk about the home run numbers all the time. Hell, LeBron's all-time scoring stat. You're going to have to score a lot for 20 years straight to, to catch that thing. Like, you look back at what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was able to do, and you're like, man, that's it's amazing. But the fact that LeBron is 20 years in and still adding to it, it's going to be hard to catch up to that in terms of longevity and health. Man, this Devin Hester number, if this is what is happening to kick returns in the NFL, and you now can take one more play out of the situation where, all right, we know we have to worry about turnovers, you know, injury, all these other things, trying to bring the safety back into the game. Yeah. Uh, Devin, Devin's, Devin's going to be fine in terms of return touchdowns. Now, Bears fans, I don't know what that's going to do for you and how that makes you feel, but, you know, there you go. There's one week one note that can make you feel better about what the Bears didn't do against I, the Packers. I guess that I guess that means we never gonna see Bayless Jones then. Hey, I'm not mad at it. Like, I'm Tony. I don't want to be the overreaction guy, but dog, uh, I was <laughs> healthy scratch week <laughs> one. My, he's he's hey, he's he shouldn't have been on the roster. Like, if if he is not a phenomenal returner, what is he doing on the roster? You know, the fact that they brought in the Taylor kid, if I was Valus, I'd, I'd be on LinkedIn. I'd be trying to figure out what's next because 
you're already 37 years old in your second year. You know, you, you, you're muffing and, and fumbling punts. You, you, you got a package of plays that apparently only, only work in practice because we're not seeing them. Um, everybody who's believed in you, because, you know, media members, you know, they, they'll pick out a guy like, ooh, but there's some things. No, they have all left the Valus Jones camp. Um, we already did our old DeVelis with Kevin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think we should we should get in as much Valus Jones conversation as possible before, uh, you know. But hey, as long as Chase Claypool is allowed to do what he's doing, <laughs> Valus is like, hey, it's all good. I feel like Pedro Grafol is managing the, the, the Chicago Bears to me. <laughs> that's what, that's what, you know, hey, don't worry about it. You're cool. Run hard. Man, say that till next year. You good. You, I know it's week one. We don't, we don't need your full your full enthusiasm. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So, uh, hey, speaking of things I sent to the chat, y'all, so <laughs> y'all saw the text message that I got, right? Yeah. Saw, yeah. So, <laughs> totally. so I, for, for, and I don't know if this is going to make it. It doesn't matter if it does. But for the people out there listening, today at 2.11 p.m., I got a text. And I use, you know, my texts usually are work or they're about my kid. There's never really any in between. My friends, we really don't text too tough. We got a group chat that we hide away on Instagram just because that's the best place to hide it. And you could just forward um, the, uh, the, the new entrepreneurs who are out there showing their wares on Instagram very easily by just forwarding, you know, the, the pictures, you know, and the moving pictures on Instagram. So I got a nine one four text, right? And I got people in New York. So I got a nine one four text and the, the, I don't do previews on text because that's just a great way to get in trouble as a man. There's, there's no reason for you to do previews on text. And also if you're out here running around with the car play on, God bless you. You are in a solidified position in your relationship. I got into car play maybe a couple of years ago. There's no way in hell in my thirties or twenties would car play have ever existed where the fucking text just flashes right there on the radio. You know, who's texting you, what they texting you about. Like you gotta be in a, a special place, you know what I mean? Your relationship. And by special place, I mean not on some fuckery, right? So this 914 text that came to my phone said, and I quote, Did you receive the necklace I sent you? So immediately, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I peed a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. A couple drops came out because I'm like, uh, <laughs> is this, you know, do I answer this? Like, oh, I went through so many things in my head because I know I've been a good boy. So I'm like, what's going on here? Like, is this, is this the ghost of Ho's past that <laughs> they, they just wanna, <laughs> just wanna adorn me with a new necklace? Cause you know, I've, I've been around some, some, uh, some generous ladies in my life, right? And I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. So then I started to think to myself, damn, like what position? And I know this is the worst way to think of this because this could have been somebody's like grandma, which I feel bad about if the response is what I sent granny, but this could have been somebody's grandma because I replied, sorry, bro, you have the wrong number. Stop simping. I wish you well. Right. Which are all, I think, accurate statements, accurate observations, but 
let's put aside if this is somebody's sweet old grandma who, you know, sent their kid or sent their grandson or something a necklace or granddaughter a necklace, right? What kind of fucked up position do you have to be in to be sending jewelry to somebody whose number you don't have locked into your phone? So immediately, I was like, I'll be goddamn, a New York Nick is out here texting me mistakenly. Like immediately, I was like, yo, this has got to be a giant or a jet or a Nick or somebody who has the, the wherewithal to trick off a necklace and not even have that person saved in their phone. Like oh, they, Sauce, they Sauce Gardner was trying to text uh, Sexy Red or something? See, and, and I wasn't, see, and I wasn't going to put names on any of it. Uh, but, you know, thank God for you. You know, thank God for everything that you do. You know, the charm that is Tony Gill coming out right there. This man put two, two names, um, easily identifiable names too on the pod. Uh, these are these. This is what Tony's about. You know, this is what Tony's about. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> if Sauce is sending necklaces, <laughs> if Sauce is sending necklaces after week one, it's because he know that, <laughs> hey, hey, save your money, Sauce. It's going to be a tough year for you. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have to send out a lot more because uh, they ain't going to be watching Jets games. You know, your man was in there for four plays. How about that, right? Aaron Rodgers gets four plays into his Jets career before that Achilles snaps. Tragic. And all those things that we saw in hard knocks go up in flames. Huh? And meanwhile, yo, we ain't shit. Because Zach Wilson did everything he was supposed to do in preseason. The moment that man got hurt, they was like, hey, you think Tom Brady come back and play? Well, he's mentioning Colin Kaepernick now. Like, Robert Griffin III is going on TV saying that people are a distraction. That's why guys like him and Colin and Cam Newton don't get don't get calls. If I'm Zach Wilson, I'm like, hey, motherfuckers, I, I just, I just, I just quarterbacked us to a win over the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, Josh Allen <laughs> looking like looking like rookie Josh yeah, Allen. Dog, yeah, that looked like first year Josh Allen. I was like, what is he yeah. doing? What is that man doing? So Stephon might have been talking about. Yeah, I was going to say that was an offense that didn't look too good this week either. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and against that defense too. Like that just defense is. Yeah, yeah, that chest defense. Oh, man, that, yeah, that, yeah. that first interception yeah, Josh Allen threw, though, just ah, there you go. I'm like, yeah, pun arm. Yeah, do yeah, that shit up. I'm like, man, stop, stop talking about Patrick Mahomes, man. This is nobody, just nobody talk about Patrick Mahomes, bro. They they try and oh, yeah, push, yeah, elevate these dudes. Like ah, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. They are not the same. They are. We talking about. Nah. Nah. Nah, they're not. But uh back to this simp though. Um did I do the right thing by even responding? I just wanted like and I didn't get a response back, so maybe the brother, you know, whoever it was, you know, took heed to my words, but can you imagine like sending that text to someone who's not stored in your phone? Because they had to type my number out. Which means they probably had to look down at a piece of paper and was like, all right, seven, seven, three. You know what I mean? And they just mistakenly got an asshole on the other line, by the way, because, you know, I mean, yeah, wrong numbers. When they come to my phone, I enjoy it because my phone doesn't ring. 
My phone doesn't ring. So if you call me with the wrong number, prepare to be, prepare to have a conversation. Like old ladies, I for years have had someone named Dave's phone number or someone named Dave has been lying about what his phone number is. And I'll get texts from Dave's family. I'll get texts about Dave's insurance, all types of shit. So much so now when people call, I just pretend that I'm Dave and hope that I'm signing them up for a terrible plan. You know, I want all the extras. I want every, yes, I am a smoker. Yes, I want all those things. Yeah, check check off all the insurance boxes that you need. I, I love wrong number submissions and I love telemarketers. So anybody who wants to keep me company during the day like this 914 texter wanted to, I'm all for it. I just hope that necklace got there, right? I just hope that whoever was receiving that necklace, because immediately I started thinking of, you know, Zion and, and some of the other boys running around, uh, you know, our, our NBA streets, you know, like, hey, you get that necklace? By the way, this might be a wrong number, so it really doesn't matter. You know, you send a necklace to somebody, you think, think you get the number down, but alas, alas. I was, thinking, I was thinking maybe it was somebody, like maybe somebody that had your number and gave it to some dude to throw him off her scent. Like somebody you knew, you know, Ooh. back in the day that that has uh, Jason Goff's number and yeah. was using it. Like you just got tied in, like yeah, I'd, you know, that, that'd be far fetched. None of the, none of you know, I've never, I've never dealt with no, anybody. No, no, no revenge, vengeful. No dates in the past. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, Chris, and you know, I know she's gonna listen to this, but I don't really have too many women running around that hate me. I got one. <laughs> I got one. I got one. But other than that, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have too many people who have had the, like a bad experience, at least I think, in, in terms of, you know, my, you know, I don't, I don't leave them worse than I found them. You know, I try not to, at least. As far yeah. as you know, they had a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit. You know, I check in. <laughs> you know, I'm just, hey, was that a good time for you? All right, cool. You know, they, they, they out here. <laughs> you got to make sure, you know, got to make sure. Nah, I don't have, I don't have too many issues with, with uh, bad breakups or, you know, leaving, leaving, wanting something. Because I don't lie to them, you know. Only a lot of people I love. I don't know, you know, these runarounds, you know, a lot of those. You tell them, hey, Kyle, there you go. At age 24, you know, lies are protection. We don't protect the ones we don't love. You get that down, you'll be the toxic king that I know you could be, brother. <laughs> or, you know, you may get a necklace in the mail in the next couple is. of days. You might have a necklace on the way. There it and is. And somebody's checking in on you. Yeah, hey, I got to be careful with that, though, because I don't want somebody pulling up to my doorstep and <laughs> talking about what I owe them. You know, that's always unfortunate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you got to get down with the trigger tai chi, then I can't do the podcast anymore. It's all bad. It's all bad. But yeah, I hope this person gets their necklace. I truly do. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 289 of the Full Go Podcast. Want to thank our guest, Greg Allman from Fox Sports. He covers the NFC South for Fox Sports. Uh, appreciate him giving us the lowdown on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks Bears coming up week two. 
Now you're ready for it, Bears fans. We'll continue to talk about it uh, on Thursday and, of course, have post-game thoughts for you on Sunday's pod. want to thank our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams. Happy birthday again, Kyle. Ladies, he's 24, okay? This is this is prime Kyle time, okay? You better get him before, before he blows up. up. Feel me? You understand me? Well, 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 it's not the... It's not the way that we'd like to we'd like to preface it, but ladies, if you are trying to have a a nice dinner and maybe an intimate evening with Kyle, um, you know the the full go voicemail line is open for you at seven seven three three five nine three one zero three at seven seven three three five nine three one zero three. And fellas, you know somebody out there who just having a rough go of it on the dating scene. Yeah, just put them on the voicemail line. <laughs> sure, there'll be some winners for Kyle there. Want to thank the uh, Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton, and of course my main man Tony Gill. Um, yeah, this has been fun. It's been fun. Looking forward to the next pod. We'll have a special guest on the next pod. I don't want to tell you who it is yet, in case that person doesn't come through. But I have all the the uh, assurance and uh, confidence in the world that he will be there. So next pod, we're going to have a special guest. We'll get more into some bear stuff. We'll talk about Pete Crow Armstrong and the Cubs as this season winds down, man. Remember Chris Bryant watching this Colorado Rockies team, seeing Chris Bryant, man, you talk about winning at life. That man signed a hundred was 150 mil, went to go Denver to live, had a couple of babies. They losing a hundred games a year. There's no pressure on them. He already got a world series and an MVP. You can't tell Chris Bryant shit, boy. I, I was hearing people projecting the day about, <laughs> oh, Chris Bryant. It's just what happened to that guy? What happened to him? <laughs> An MVP and a World Series title and $150 million happened to him in the st- city of Denver, Colorado. I'd say he's winning. I know everybody likes to put it in their own, their sports terms of, is he a winner? And no, 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 he's a winner in my book. So we'll talk about the Cubs as they wrap up this thing with the Colorado Rockies and Pete Kerr Armstrong makes his, uh, his first start as a Chicago Cub. We'll get into some baseball stuff as well as whatever else is happening around the NFL and the NBA's around the corner as well. So we got a lot more for you on Thursday's pod. Looking forward to hollering at y'all. But until then, you know what to do. You know what to do. Thank you so much for downloading this thing. Thank you so much for subscribing to this thing. Thank you so much for following us on the socials. Appreciate y'all for rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we're going to see you in the streets. Until Thursday, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 800 
1-800-522-4700 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.